G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. But how many of us, when the scripture says pray without ceasing, mm. how many of us pray without ceasing? Yeah, that's right. For an Orthodox Jewish person, everything is to be saturated in the Word of God in prayer, and they have God on their mind all the time. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Welcome back to Foundations, where we're continuing to work our way through Shema, a command given by God in the Old Testament and then reinforced by Jesus, of course, in the New Testament. And today we're learning about another element of Shema, which is the soul. But before we kick in, Mandy, I'm mm-hmm. going to have another go. I've been practicing. Yes, good So man. I'm going to have another go to sing how I can sound Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll have a bash at uh, Shema again. So it cool. goes like this. Shema Israel, Adonai Elohenhu, Adonai Echad, Barak Shem Kevod Malkuto Leloma Vaed. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 60% now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Leolam Vaid. Oh, so good. You were pretty. So good. You were pretty close. You've been practicing a lot longer than me. So I that's, have actually that's a been good, practicing. Good excuse. <laughs> I have. I have. And of course, that means here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You can find that in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. And, of course, the scribe approached Jesus one day in Matthew twenty two thirty seven to 40, and he's asked him what's the greatest commandment. And this was Jesus' response. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments to depend all the law and the prophets. So we've been learning about Shema, which means to obey, not mm-hmm. just to hear an audible noise, but to obey and to love God, um, that he is one God, that he is multidimensional, of course. He is God alone. He is unified. He is unique. He is same. He is single. He is all of that encompassed. Mm. Um, and when we love God, it's a command. It's not necessarily just an emotion that we feel that then inspires us to go and be obedient. No, we're supposed to obey him first, do the action, be yeah. obedient. Out of all of that comes the emotion of love that we mm. that we long for, that we crave. But there was a um, there was actually a verse that I meant to mention yesterday because it's a really good. It's another New Testament uh, example of what Shema actually means when with the command to love in particular. And that is from Luke six twenty seven, and it's actually where Jesus commanded that we are to love our enemies and do good for those who persecute us. Now, we read those kind of words and we go, oh, that's very nice, and we go on to the next passage mm. and the rest of it. But if you were to actually to love your enemies and do good for them and bless them, that is not an easy task. No. There would be no warm, gushy feelings, I could guarantee <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't feel 
enamored of doing that. Mm. But to love your enemies is an action, yeah. which means you can obediently do something to love and bless your enemies. And it's confounding to them. Actually, if you want to see some really good modern examples of, of that, is that in the recent um, bombings due, uh, for the lead up to Easter last year in Egypt, where um, uh, radical Muslims blew up some Egyptian churches, murdered a lot of people, and the families left behind on television said, we love our enemies, we forgive them, we would love to sit and have a meal with them and to show them that we are not their enemies. And the Muslim television commentator was had his mind blown. Mm. I remember watching and reading the, the subtitles where he was saying, I can't believe these people. That is not normal. And then he said something interesting. He said, these people are of a different substance. Wow. Now, and that's true. Mm. What is that substance? It's the spirit of Christ who lives in, indwells these believers. How else could you love your enemies Mm. after they had slaughtered your family members? That's not humanly possible. Mm. That comes from the spirit of God. And that's what it means. And so I, I meant to mention that one yesterday. So we've looked at all of these particular elements and we're going to look at what Shema means when it's talking about with all your soul. That's today and tomorrow. So as in our in our own culture, we often kind of confuse or mingle together um, love and soul or heart and soul. We put them together. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love you with all my heart and soul. They're kind of the same thing. And, and they sort of kind of are. Um, but it's always still very... Emotions saturated. I, I want to just say there's nothing wrong with having emotions. God has created us to have emotions, but we are not to live our lives ruled by mm. our emotions yeah. because our emotions are flippant and they're fickle and they change. I was going to say day by day, but they can change moment by moment. <laughs> yeah, and if right. that's what guides us, we're in trouble. Mm. So, uh, so, but this is this kind of mindset's a bit opposite um, to what God is saying. You know, when God says that we are to love him with all of our soul, we, 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 we're learning already it's about obedience. So then how do Orthodox and religious Jews apply this kind of obedience? obedience? You're talking about sort of, I guess, the, the action just based purely on I've been told to do this, I'm going to do it. How, how is that applied from, uh, from an Orthodox and a, and a Jewish Perspective. Yeah, well, with this, um, the mindset of uh, all-encompassing, we, we mentioned yesterday about love is like for everything within your whole inner self. The soul is also your whole life. For an Orthodox or a religious Jew, that means that every single thing they do, no matter how mundane or ordinary it is, is done for God. Like for example... If you are an Orthodox Jew in the morning, when you rise up, you rise up for God. You prepare yourself uh, for the day. You do that for God. You spend time in his word for him. You travel to your job for him. You do your job for him. When you interact with other people, you're doing so for him. When you come home, you do it all for him. When you sleep, you're sleeping for him. You commit that time to him, and then you get up the next day, and you do it all again for him. See, in in an Orthodox Jewish person's life, they have a prayer for waking up, prayers for receiving food, prayers for receiving drink, prayers for bathing, uh, prayers for putting on the the tzitzit garment underneath, prayers for putting on a prayer shawl, prayers for putting on the phylacteries. Um, Verses are recited before entering the synagogue, morning blessings, evening blessings, their prayers and blessings for just about 
everything for an mm. Orthodox Jew. Now, we would turn around and go, well, that's just being religious. We could say that, but how many of us, when the scripture says pray without ceasing, mm. how many of us pray without ceasing? Yeah, that's right. For an Orthodox Jewish person, everything is to be saturated in the word of God in prayer, and they have God on their mind all the time. So we could... We could be cynical and say they're just being religious, or we could say they're actually living mm. and breathing Shema yeah. in every they're day. They're actually o- obeying the command. They're obeying they? the command. Now, is it true that you can become very um, habitual in that, where it just becomes a habit, mm. where you just do it because that's what you do? Yeah, but then mm. that could be the same for anybody, not yeah. just a Jewish person, but any Gentile in anything that they do. Yeah. But not a the, bad habit to form, I guess. Not so is it? A bad ha- no, it's not. It, what it, it it's putting God at the fore. It's the whole inner life, mm. which is what Shema is supposed to be. Yeah. So in in that way, now, do we have to then suddenly have a prayer for every tiny little nuance of our life? We get up, we sit down, we go to the bathroom, we go to the car, we turn the ignition on, we open the front door. Do we have to have a prayer for all of those things? No, no, we don't. That's not the point here. The point is is to have God as the central focus of our everyday lives so that he is at the forefront, so that everything we do, everything we say, everywhere we go, every decision we make is based on loving him and obeying him and keeping him number one Mm. on our list of priorities in everything we do. Yeah. Well, we're continuing to explore this concept of Shema and understanding what it means to have it, I guess, permeating our whole life. On the next program, we're going to look some more at what it means, particularly where we're told to love the Lord with all our soul and also with all our might. That's next on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 